Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Belief Mel. He's an author, YouTuber, and hip-hop artist. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If this is your first time, I hope that you look forward and are excited for this episode with Belief Mel. If this is your uh, second, third, or 45th time tuning in, thanks so much for your continued support. And if you have not done so already, I'd really appreciate uh, if you can leave a review on iTunes as well. Um, that helps us keep keep going and uh, your feedback is much appreciated. In today's conversation, I chat with uh, Belief Mel, uh, Glenn Henry. He is a YouTuber, author, father, husband, and diaper warrior. Um, more to come there. Um, but we discuss about his latest book, It's Bedtime Now, um, poking fun at everyday struggles, uh, trying to put the kids to bed. Uh, that's um, one thing that he's been doing a lot more frequently and uh, through speaking and through uh, his YouTube channel, um, Belief in Fatherhood. Um, his book is uh, really just an, an offset and, and of all the work that he's been doing through there. Um, we chat about a lot of his childhood and upbringing in an abuse household and how that was really challenging, um, battling with suicide and depression and how that uh, skewed to be his identity. Um, he later discovered that uh, he was made from so much more um, and, and God came into his life uh, in California. Um, when things started to change, uh, he became a, a musician, a hip-hop artist, um, and then has, has stepped into so much more, uh, now becoming a father and husband. Uh, excited for this episode today. Um, we discuss really the full spectrum of Belief's life uh, and get uh, pretty in-depth into different uh, topics as well. So looking forward to this episode and hope that you uh, enjoy this conversation with Belief Mel. Let's turn it on over now. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with Glenn Henry, a.k.a. Belief from Belief in Fatherhood. He is a hip-hop artist, father, husband, now author, uh, and disciple of Christ. So, Belief, thanks so much for hopping on today and, and chatting with me. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for waking me up early and, uh, you know, talking to me. Morning breath, but you ain't got to smell it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so first and foremost, um, shout out and big praise to your uh, your latest book. It's bedtime now, which is scheduled to release on May 8th. Um, so first, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Um, I've been trying to work hard on this thing. Uh, it's crazy how this whole thing came together. I met the artist on Instagram, became like close friends. He lives in Mississippi. Um, well, now he lives in Nashville somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, um, he like loves the show and he started drawing pictures. And I was like, man, like, I'd love to do something with you. And then it turns out that most of the publishers for the book, um, they were hitting me up and they wanted to give me 13 percent of my own book. You know what I mean? Um, and I was just like, man, those <laughs> that doesn't just seem right. You know what I mean? And so uh, thank God, man, we have friends who. Uh, you know, gotten out of debt and, and have been great stewards with their finances. And they were like, hey, how much do you need? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, you know, I need about 7,000 to publish this book to get about 500 copies. And they were like, 
okay, well, we'll, we'll pay for it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, God is good, man. Like, that's that's one of those praise reports. You look back and you're just like, man, I cannot believe that that just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an author now because someone was smart about the little decisions they made. You know what I mean? Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So this is something that uh, has it been in the works for for quite some time now, or is this a, is this a pretty kind of quick quick turnaround? Uh, it's been in the work for about a year. Yep. You know, um, about a year and some change. Uh, <laughs> it was something I always had an idea for, and I wanted to do a series like four or five. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, it it just came together. You know, and mm-hmm. and I'm realizing the the, the benefits of allowing people to be a part of my team and allowing people to just have creative freedom you know what i'm saying to do what they want um some of the pictures in here were inspired by um the, the channel you know what i'm saying so there's a picture right here with uh the kids with the underwear on his head you know what i'm saying and that's something that we used to do i, I play fight with and we put diapers on our head and we're like these diapers ninja warriors you know mm, what i'm saying mm, mm. and the artist just pulled that out of the show so um, it came together so beautifully, man. And so mm. I'm blessed, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. So and and you still put these diapers on today on your on yourself today? Uh, yeah. No. Sometimes. <laughs> no. You know, if it gets no. a little hectic, I have to turn into <laughs> diaper warrior and you know, kick some butt. <laughs> for sure um well so it's uh it's scheduled to release on on may 8th and this is going to be available uh is it through amazon or, or how can we find it well currently it's available on my website for okay. pre-order um all these people who pre-order will get it about uh shooting for about a month early okay. and then um everyone who orders them on may 8th uh when it drops they'll be able to uh buy it on amazon for like half the price but when mm-hmm. you buy it on my website you get uh uh, audio book um, narrated by Frank Puppet. I don't know if you know who that is, but narrated by Frank. And then um, uh, you get an ebook and uh, you get it signed as well. Mm, okay, awesome. Um, so for those of for, you know, for those of us who aren't super familiar with, uh, with you know the it's bedtime now kind of series or what that looks like, can you uh, share a bit more about what this this you know that the I guess the overall it's bedtime now is about, and then kind of your uh, your I guess kind of take on on who it's for and um, a, a bit more about you know that that type of information. Okay, cool. So um, you know, there's there's three. I'm gonna give you a little bit mm-hmm. of history. Um, so there's three main points of belief in fatherhood. The mission is to equip fathers, give hope to mothers, and inspire children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to with everything I do, I try to hit two of these things at one time: uh, equipping fathers and inspiring children. Um, I feel like gives fathers an opportunity to read a book like this and take the time to read this with their children you know what i'm saying and this book gives a little bit of imagination and it's fun and it's about all the mischief that kids get into when it's bedtime you know what i'm saying um and you know uh it just gives them an opportunity to to do that so this book is for uh families it's for kids uh and it's, it's a very short read uh i you know love hanging out with my kids but at the end of the day when it's time for that bedtime story, sometimes I'm over it, you know what I'm saying? And I need something quick that is not so um, drawn out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that I can kind of like like maybe teach a lesson and stuff like that. So this teaches a very valuable lesson about how to, you know, uh, kind of for kids to listen, you know what I'm saying? Like basically the kids in the park like ha- hanging out and playing with stuff all night because they're so excited about the next day. 
and they end up like missing the opportunity to go to wherever they were going because they're sleepy. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it's very true to this, the story from Belief and Fatherhood. Mm. Okay, awesome. That, that That's really cool. Um, and so the next question to kind of, you know, you've been a musician now for about 10 to 15 years and you decided to obviously, you know, publish this book. What was, uh, what was kind of the, the big inspiration? You know, you mentioned that um, you were kind of thinking through it and then, you know, the pieces started to fall out. But what was that like initial seed kind of that was like, you know, belief like this is this is the next step for you? Um, well, you know, uh, a while ago, about th- three years ago, almost my wife asked me, you know, where do I see myself in five years? And I couldn't mm. tell her, you know what I'm saying? I gave it like a real like you know, uh, wherever God sees us type thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'll, I'll like, pray on it. I'll pray on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was a bull crap answer. And so yeah. she goes, uh, you trust, I trust you with my future, my family, and you don't have five years planned out. I rolled over and went to sleep. And, um, that was a gut check. You know what I'm saying? And my wife is one of those activators who say the, say mm. the thing that feels like it hurts, you know what I'm saying? But it's most needed and it's great accountability for me. And so, um, I had to ask, uh, my friend to ask me the same questions and help me figure out where I was going. And he basically asked me where I saw myself in five years. I said, I don't know. He said 10 years. I said, I don't know. And he said, uh, what about 15 years? And I said, well, I know I don't see myself rapping anymore at 45. I was 30 at the time. And he mm-hmm. said, okay, well, what do you see yourself doing? And I said, well, I see myself speaking to people about how great it is to be a father. Because when I was a kid, I thought that having kids was like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It was like one of those, men. I'm so sorry to hear that type things when one of my homies got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was one of those things where I knew that once I had proof, like once I saw proof that marriages were actually great, you know what I'm saying? It could add so much value to your life and that kids were a blessing, they weren't a curse. I was like, oh, all people need is proof. And so I decided then to be that proof. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the reason why music had to take a back burner is because music, the only way to be successful at music is to travel. You gotta leave your family. You gotta leave out of the, out of the country. You gotta go on tour and you gotta work, work, work and come back, maybe get 5000 maybe get $10,000. And I had to ask my wife a question. I said, how much would I have to make to turn you into a single mother? You know what I'm saying? And she said, there's no amount of money that, you know what I'm saying, makes sense. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so after that, I was like, okay, well, then I have to figure out something different for music. And so that's when I decided that I would write books and I would speak 15 years from now or 10 years from now. But in order to do that successfully, I had to build proof in a relationship with an audience that would even give them, um, that make them want to listen to me. And so that's when I started Believe in Fatherhood, the, the YouTube channel. Um, so that the relationship between me writing a book and me speaking somewhere would be like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to see this guy speak because I watch his show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of see if this is something that you've been thinking about too. It's like when I think of like fatherhood, I think of like, you know, God too. And I think yeah. about the relationship that we have. And I think a lot of what you're, what I hear from you just at, you know, at first glance is like the relationship between a father and his son, father and his daughter, father and, or, you know, or, or what, whatever that looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like, how have you kind of, from what you've kind of started to experience and what you've been learning a, a, across the way, raising children, how have you kind of like looked at that kind of that like relationship and tried to kind of make sense of it? from your own understanding, which, you know, we're told not to really lean on our own understanding, but like in your way 
from like how kind of God is kind of bringing up, bringing us up as I know that faith is a, a big part of your life too. Right. So, the, so that's the whole, like, um, you know, you watch a show and then there's like a hidden theme underneath the show. You know what I'm saying? If you dig deeper, mm. that's the whole story. Like people don't get it because they're looking at it from a surface level. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, you know, Theo keeps messing up. My oldest son, he's five. Theo mm. keeps messing up. He did this, he did this, he did this. And the whole time I'm like, hey, man, I'm upset, but I'm not mad at you. I still love you. You know what I mean? I'm saying that to him. They don't understand that that's the relationship between God and us. You know what I'm saying? As many mm-hmm. times as we mess up, we fail and we fall, he still loves us. And we, he's still willing, willing to embrace mm-hmm. us. But we have to feel like we can come to him. You know what I'm saying? Ask for forgiveness and be in his presence. Um, that's the whole hidden thing between any any of the episodes. If you watch almost any of the episodes when it's the kids reacting on the family aspect, you can see an underlying theme of the heart of the father. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like God's relationship with us. And you can also take away, because I say this a lot on the show, it's like, you know, um, my son is angry with his brother because he got a toy his son didn't I mean, his brother, he didn't get, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's jealous. That's That sucks. I'm trying to teach my son how to be grateful. But at the same time, I compare my my gifts to another friend of mine. Or I, I compare my gifts to my brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I always bring it back to, like, this is showing me more how to be a man than I'm trying to teach him how to be a boy or whatever. You know, I'm learning more from my son than I think I'm teaching. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of, like... I feel, you know, I think this is anything when you're trying to like teach somebody or, or kind of bring somebody up and, and mentor them and, and raise them, whether it's a, you know, a child or it's you know, maybe it's someone that's, that's kind of looks up to you. There's like this, this notion that like, you don't want to like preach to them too much, especially if it's, if, if you're kind of like your own, your, your, you know, your, your, your worst advocate, like if, if, if you're a hypocrite, if you're a hypocrite yourself. So like, how are you like kind of, is there a situation, even that situation right there, when you're, when you're in, in terms of comparing get or comparing gifts and comparing like what you have is like okay, like how can you, how can you raise them up and like and but also practice what you preach too? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the hard part. It's like I'm yeah. I'm realizing that now. It's like I think that if I tell my kids and I try to teach them with a whiteboard and pictures and stuff like that, that they will understand. And I try to do that sometimes, but I'm realizing like that same episode, that was a Christmas episode about the comparing of the gifts. Mm. Um, I ended up realizing that, yo, this is only something that he's going to learn from trial and error and from witnessing me be grateful. You know what I'm saying? Some things you can't teach with a whiteboard. You can't actually say you can only lead by example. You know what I'm saying? So when I get a package in the mail, my excitement for that package is going to teach him that, yo, when you get a gift, you're supposed to be excited about stuff. You know what I'm saying? And not feel like just because your brother got it, then you deserve it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is one of those things. It's like I'm learning. Like the whole thing is parenting on the fly. Like when I'm parenting on the fly, which is all the time, I'm, I think I know what I'm doing at the right moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it's stuff that's happening. I'm kind of like my wife's like, yo, I don't know how to deal with this. You deal with this, please. And I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with that. Like, that's crazy. You know, because kids do some crazy things. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so you kind of have to figure out like, okay, how will I approach this? You know, um, you know, if I, if I say something to him, he's going to feel like he has to hide. I want him to feel comfortable in this house. I don't want him to feel Mm -hmm. like he has to run away. I don't want him, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, 
my re my my first my initial reaction is very important to mm-hmm. whatever the situation is, you know. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Um, I, I wanted to shift a little bit. I, I know last year you released the album in fatherhood on on May eighth as well. Uh, yeah. What's been so special about this about this day to you? Uh, it's my birthday. May is oh, okay. my birthday. Okay. May ninth is your birthday. So <laughs> back to back. Uh, back to back. Yeah. I, I I think I think what I want to do is just release a special project every year on my okay. birthday. Um, you know, growing up like super like uh, you know, depressed and like suicidal. Like a lot of that. Uh, when I turn, when the focus is all on me, I get a little like anxious. I don't like it. Um, I feel best in my servant. Mm-hmm place you know what i'm saying like i'd rather be hosting something than being like the center of attention uh and so may 8th gives me a like a reason to celebrate you know what i'm saying like when i drop something it's like it's not only that i'm celebrating you know we're celebrating me we're celebrating this project so um may 8th is like q1 for me you know what i'm saying like this is the start of my next year and this is what everything i want to accomplish in it and it'd be nice to start it off with a project you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I mean, I I think that that that's uh, that's it. I think that's a good way to to kind of like tap the reset button to kind of refresh and and get back into into what you're uh what you know what you're doing for that next year. I think some people look at January one kind of as reset, right? This is the new year, but I don't think it always has to be January one. And um, I, I think I like how you kind of have like been thoughtful of of making that making that like the new leaf as kind of as as your birth year which i think makes sense and i and i don't think a lot of people think that way um they just kind of you know this is like just a continuous process rather yeah. than like i mean it is yeah, but I'm like it's done. you know what i'm saying like i'm on another schedule i was born on may 8th that's the beginning mm-hmm. of my year you yep. know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so um and, and you mentioned you know having a lot of challenges with you know with uh, depression and, and and anxiety and kind of how that kind of took over and I'm sure took control of uh, a lot of your thoughts and a lot of the kind of a lot of your time. Uh, can you kind of walk through when that when that first maybe when that first occurred or kind of how or leading up to how that became so kind of prevalent in your life? Um, yeah, I was, and, um, yeah, I grew up in an abused home. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think I first started getting hit around nine, and like right away I was like. Oh man, I should probably just kill myself because, like, my mom obviously doesn't want me here, and I'm, I'm like the reason for all her problems. You know what I'm saying? So like, I should probably just, like, I started meditating on that really early. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, it became this theme of like always this option that I would be like, man, I should just probably kill myself because I, I didn't feel, you know, welcome. You know, um, my mom had just had a, another baby. And since I wasn't the baby, I became the, um, you know what I'm saying? Like I was the, her place of letting out her frustration. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just got really, really, really depressed. Um, and you know how that goes, especially during those formative years, those, you know, that middle school age, I was heading right into middle school, I moved out to California when I would think you know, my mom didn't work out well here because I was a liar and I felt like I had to hide so I didn't want want to get spanked you know what I'm saying I lied and that didn't really work well with my dad you know what I'm saying and so the little bit of time that I had with him was wasn't as like fruitful you know um it was more like him trying to get it out of me that I wasn't you know I didn't have to be this way but I was like I don't know any other way and so 
Um, when I came back to Baltimore, like when I lived in Cali, I was lifting weights. So when I came back to Baltimore, I would be able to defend myself against my mom. You know what I'm saying? Not, I didn't hit her, but I would just like grab her and hold her and run out of the house. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, it was a lot of that. And then um, around 19, when things got really hard, I got kicked out of my grandmother's house. Once you get kicked out of your grandma's house, it's pretty much a rat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when grandma kicked you out, it's like, it's, it's a rat, bro. So, um, yeah, after after I got kicked out of my grandmother's house, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? I was about 19. You know? I hadn't talked to my dad in like seven years or something like that. And I, I, uh, I was driving on the freeway. And then um, I was like trying to figure out. They had like this. Um, it was on a uh, 795 freeway, and um, you know uh, they had like this construction that was going on. It was like this kind mm-hmm. of divider that was open, and I was going to slam right into it. Um, and I was on my way. I'm driving like 85, 90, 95, and I'm like, dang, I haven't even talked to my dad in a minute. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was like kind of me wanting my way out. You know what I'm saying? I'm like wanting. For him to tell me, like, give me permission to kill myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's crazy because even at that very moment, like, I was still looking for, like, affirmation from my father. You know what I'm saying? And then um, I called him. And, like I said, the first time I ever heard him cry, told him what I was thinking. He was like, man, like, just come out here. You can stay. You can sleep on my floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll figure it out together. Um, I bought a ticket and moved out to Cali in 2005. Um, at the age of 20 and then like a month like as soon as I got here I had a friend from middle school when I was out here uh, who took me to church and then there I met Ruslan and there who who you know asked me to be his DJ and I, I wasn't a rapper and God just gave me the gift of rhyme and DJ like right away you know what I'm saying so it was a very very interesting season um, and even still throughout depression later on I would always meditate and come back to that. You know what I'm saying? Like even still sometimes right now it gets really hard as, as an entrepreneur because um, everything's on you. You know, my wife was working as a teacher, which was a nice cushion for us. I didn't have to make all the money. You know what I'm saying? Um, and she was a, a teacher and we had health insurance and I was like this creative person who had to bring in a little bit of money and so after we had the last baby Anaya in March last year she was like uh I'm not going back to work man so go ahead and figure that out you know what I'm saying and so this past year has been very like mentally like you know like really relying on the Lord you know what I'm saying and trying to work as hard as I can you know what I'm saying and uh you know depression and suicide is something that um it, it, like like you massage that into your your mental you know what I'm saying like you meditate on those thoughts and it like it goes deep into your brain. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it just keeps massaging. Um, and so it was a really hard thing to, to get over. Mm. But it's something that um, thank you. It's something that, um, you know, like uh, I believe that God is giving me uh, the opportunities to like forgive my mother. You know what I'm saying? Um, in a very interesting way, because throughout all of that, I realized, you know, I really got kind of hooked up in a weird way to get my mom who needed a father. You know what I'm saying? Like she needed a father figure. She had daddy issues and was, you know, mom was on heroin, heroin and all this stuff and like had all these issues. But it's crazy because as I'm becoming a father, I realized the grace I need for my mother. I realized the fact that because I have the heart of a father, 
that doesn't mean I only father my children, but I father people around me, even my parents sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of given me a lot of like insight and wisdom and realize like kind of my purpose. Um, I remember that when I was a kid, I used to have to get in, I used to get in trouble a lot. Um, and after she would like, uh, like, you know, hit me, I would have to apologize. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is so backwards. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, why am I doing this? And why are you making me do this? And you know, why isn't someone standing up for me? I was so confused. Um, but I got really good at apologizing, you know what I'm saying? And I realized that's a talent. Um, and so when I overreact with my sons or I'm, you know, rude or whatever, I know that I should be apologizing. I got really good at, I got, had a lot of practice. And so, um, my brother also went through the same things I did as a kid. And if I would have never gone through it, he would never have an advocate. So I know that like, it was very purposeful and it was built for my strength. It happened for my strength and God got the glory overall because, you know, when she was a kid at 16, she was, you know, in labor with me or, you know, when she got pregnant at 15, they were telling her like, yo, you should, you should get an abortion. This is going to ruin your life. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I was dealing with suicide at nine and then again at 19 and having these things that kept happening um, over and over and over again. But now, like, my life is a proponent for life. You know what I'm saying? Like, people watch the show and they're like, yo, I never wanted to have kids until I saw this. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know that the enemy to for him to have his way is to leave me feeling unmotivated and um, unproductive and worthless, you know what I'm saying? But I know it's only from the enemy because like, I'm really, I really feel like I'm changing the world. Like nothing, like nothing that I don't feel like hopeless, you know what I'm saying? Um, I know a lot of people got different political views, but in my network, a lot of people when, you know, when Donald Trump became president, like they were like really stressing out. <laughs> And like, yo, this is this is over for us, and we're gonna, and he's gonna do this and this, and I'm like, man, like, I don't even stress out about things I can't explain to my children. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care who the president is. I'm the president of the house. All they care about is how my life is affected. You know what I'm saying? And so, I I am the controller of that. And so, uh, I don't know, man. I feel more like a weapon than I've ever felt for the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a good ending weapon for the kingdom. I like that. Um, yeah. but, it, uh, and, and there's, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. And, um, I, I think first I want to just kind of touch on, um, this, this time of depression and, and just suicide, like when you were like, you know, in, in the thick of it, like how, cause I, it can become, you know, almost debilitating. Like this, this is going to become your destiny. Or this, yeah. this is what, this is what you're meant for, right? Like this is the purpose you have. And that, yes. and that thought is almost like becomes your reality. And it, it's, uh, and it's so, it, it, and I, I like that example that you use of like it, it like almost like is like massaged into you. Like this is who you are. And it is just so, and that's like that the challenge is because it's, it's a, that's like a fundamental be, like beginning point. How are yeah. you, how are you able to, to, kind of was there outlets that you had or, or ways that were that you were able to just like keep pushing and to keep to keep having hope for for moving forward um you know, <clears throat> you know whenever um you know when i started when i turned 19 or t when i turned 20 and i went to the movement church in san marcos and i i started to go there and realize how helpful i could be you know what I'm saying? I realized that the the best times I ever felt 
you know, the times I felt my best or when um, I was serving, you know what I'm saying? Like I was helping other people. And so I knew that I had to be doing that in order to feel some type of way. I didn't know mm. what the correlation was between me being blessed by um, other people. But I was like, man, like something happens when I'm in a position to help someone else. You know what mm. I mean? Um, that's kind of where it began. Uh, and when you serve, it gives you purpose, you know? Uh, and another thing is once you start serving, you realize that, um, everything that you kind of thought or every, uh, you know how to, how to, um, the scriptures talk about like, um, you know, it's, it's this kindness that leads us towards repentance. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you're serving someone, you're kind, you know what I'm saying? And it really changes your heart, even if they're upset, you know? Um, and I kind of had to realize who I am. Like, it took me a long time, and it's taken me a long time to, like, for my identity to change. Mm. Because if you would have asked me back then, during my time of abuse or during my time of suicidal thoughts, my identity was I'm a black man from Baltimore who grew up in an abused home. Mm. Like, that's my identity. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing else. And so now, um, and I don't know how long it took me to figure this out, but now... I wouldn't identify myself as any of those things. Mm. Now, I am black by, like, if, if you look at me, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I only know I'm black when someone else points it out or when I realize, oh, I'm being treated differently. Oh, that's right, I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's not exactly, who, that's a that's a secondary identity. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's not a primary identity. That's not, that's not who I am at first. Who I am at first is I'm a child of God. You know what I'm saying? And so that means, as a child of God, um, I have the the um, I have the ministry of reconciliation. You know what I'm saying. And so my responsibility is to reconcile men back to God and, and people back to each other. Um, and that's what makes up my identity. Um, and then I'm fortunate enough to be black. Mm. Fortunate enough to be a millennial. I'm fortunate enough to be from Baltimore. And I'm fortunate enough to have uh, survived abuse and realize how um, important I am to my mother who was abused. I'm I'm. Uh, who was, you know, all types of things happened to her. So I realized that all my situations are, uh, you know, almost like seasoning and spices to the child of God I am. You know what I'm saying? And when you think about that, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think I, I like how you put it too. It's like, it's like an opportunity. It's like, yes, I, and I, I am. And like these things that once were kind of like a, like a barrier or like that's actually an opportunity so that like i i think twofold i think um one is like we're, to, we're told to rejoice in our suffering something yes. that a, a concept that has that kind of was made known in a bible study recently and i'm like okay why should we like rejoice in our suffering and i think one is like it, you know when, when we look in romans it's like endurance uh suffering produces endurance endurance produces character and then character produces hope um and you know in the kingdom of god and like so it's it's this it's like suffering is like a process and like it, it's good because it's an opportunity to have so many great things and it's like because we're like we're like a christianity is like a it's a it's a it's a it's a religion of hope it's a, it's a faith you know it's like it's yeah. belief in what we cannot see so like if we're able to strengthen that then like on, you know, and suffering is is a part of that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then the other thing is like, um, 
I think it's it's also an opportunity for for kind of God to show His way and like show how he, He's able to kind of make make your situation uh, an an opportunity for for others too, and like or and and how you can be a light despite this darkness too. So it, I think it shows the the duality of um of of just being you know something that might seem one way, and then how you're able to like God's righteousness shows how it's how it's able to to be something else. Um, yes. So I, I think that's that's great. I, I want to know. You mentioned when you went to California, you got involved in your faith. What did what what was your faith? What did your faith look like before then? And what was the process that kind of led up to you to be to be a follower of Christ? Oh man, um, I didn't have very much faith. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a faithful person. Mm. Um, I was very open to mm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Big into hip hop. Um, I don't really, I didn't, I never really understood the gospel. You know, I went to church a few times, probably like 15 or 20 my whole life, you know mm. what I'm saying? And, you know, being dragged or whatever, you know, my mom going for a season and stopping it or something. Um, uh, I didn't understand the gospel, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I moved out to Cali um, and literally, only reason I went to church is because one of my homies was like, yo, you trying to go to church? And I was like, I'm in Escondido, which is like a desert, you know what I'm saying, type of city. Um, but I ain't know nobody, and it was girls at the church. I was like, yeah, I'll go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I got there, and, and uh, the, the pastor at the time was really like, you know, speaking a lot. And I would just go every week because it was my only way to see community. You know what I'm saying? I'd be looking for people at Walmart. You know, walk into Walmart and be like, yo, where are the black people at? You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> Nobody knows or whatever. So mm. I was trying to find identity in somebody I had like a community with. Uh, and then I went to church and I needed a job real bad, man. Um, and so I was looking for a job and I wasn't getting any luck. I applied for the men's warehouse, the suit store. Mm. And uh, I went there and uh, they said they would call me back. And then uh, I went to church and the pastor was like, yo, uh, you know, if you if you don't if you want to get to another level or you, you're asking for God for something and uh, he hasn't given it to you yet or whatever, and you want need a prayer to be answered. Just come up here and get on your knees. and We're going to pray over you. And I was like, man, I ain't really got nothing to lose. So I walked up to the front of the uh, stage and uh, he said, get on both knees. And I was like, I'm only going to get on one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you know, so it was kind of embarrassing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I kneeled, and I just was like, you know, Lord, I really need a job. So, and then um, I went back to the men's warehouse to check on my status, on my, my update uh, on my resume and my application. And the assistant manager um, was from Baltimore, and uh, it's like 20 years older than me, but we went to the same high school. And so I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's kind of crazy. And so for that, it was really weird how that happened. So I was like, okay, maybe this is God. So I'm going to try to see what else he could do. You know what I mean? It was really all for selfish gain. Like I was just trying to figure out how to make my life better. Um, and it turned into like this whole other thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, learned a lot, even working at the men's warehouse, how to control the stage, how to um, sell yourself, how to be a salesman, how to uh, switch up. Because right in the, you know, I was a very introverted person, but at the, you know, the drop of a dime, I had to be like, Good morning, sir. How many suits are you coming to get today? 
all right, how can I help you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, you look like you, you friendly should treat yourself. Maybe you buy two. You know what I'm saying? Like all this type of stuff. And I had to learn how to do this to get money. And um, that actually gave me a way. That's giving me a personality on even YouTube or even when I come on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like that confidence. And so it seems like everything that happened was for a very distinct purpose. You know, later on, I, I was like working in an old folks home doing like a rehab technician and it really inspired me to think about the old man um, that I will become one day you know mm. what I'm saying or how I have to feed him and support him now you know what I mean um, and I think about my grandfather and I got this I got this puppet I'll show you mm. so this right here is the second YouTube channel this is Frank you know what I'm saying and so uh, he hangs out with the kids and uh, you know just spends time and this is like my grandfather, you know what I'm saying, in the future. But really, it's like an older version of myself. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to take care of myself, you know what I mean? So um, this is like a spinoff channel. And uh, this goes back to inspiring children, you know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Yeah, and I and I, I, I love that puppet, too. I, I don't know if it's... Uh... I don't know if it's meant for kids or if it's uh, who it's meant for, but you can call me a kid because I uh, I, <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Um, last few questions I want to ask you. Um, what what advice uh, do you have for people who uh, maybe are a little bit lost in their in their faith right now, or or maybe just looking to 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 find purpose in God and find find purpose in Christ and and who He actually is. Um, what advice do you have for people who uh, can you know start this journey or um, are just looking to kind of maybe get a little bit deeper? Um, you know, I would. You know, interesting thing is like I think um, one of the things I would say is um, to be okay with asking a lot of questions, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm not saying like question God, you know what I'm saying? But question God, like the scriptures are gonna find themselves true, you know what I mean? I honestly believe that. Um, I think so many people like wanna like believe blindly, you know what I'm saying? And like trust the belief of their grandmother or their aunt or their mom or their community so they won't be exiled from their community. They go to church or whatever. Um, and I just think that doesn't really give um, hope for a relationship, you know what I'm saying? So um, I would say like really like, you know, dive into the deep things and the questions that you have about life and, you know, read the scriptures, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna be um, one of the biggest, you know, the biggest influence. And then after that, I would say, you know, protect your life and find a really good community, you know? Um, not that they have to be perfect, but just as long as you're honest with them, um, you know, I think that's really important. You know, that's one of the greatest things about who I am right now, um, or that adds to who I am, is that the community around me is so like strong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all millennials, all young, all going through the same season. All of our children are the same age. Uh, we're all babysitting each other. Kids, it's just a difficult season, um, but we're going through it together. You know, and so. Uh, we can pray for each other. We can be there. We can support one another. And some of us are up. Some of us are down. But as long as we are together, you know, it's it's a great season. You know. Mm. Amen. Amen. Um, and then the the, the last uh, last thing I want to ask is just um, 
Is there anything else that's on, that's been in your heart recently, or uh, you just feel like maybe you should kind of a, a message that you have um, could be a message or a challenge that you want to share, and then uh, and then to conclude, if you could just let us know where we can follow you too, and uh, and kind of keep up to date with what you're up to and the the ministry you're doing. Um, yeah, uh, my pastor was talking this past week about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and how. Uh, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, yo, um, he had them do this challenge, and, and they were like, yo, after 10 days, uh, we're going to eat these fruits and vegetables, and uh, all the things that we eat uh, are going to prove us better than everybody else who's, you know, in your courts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it turns out that after 10 days, uh, that the servants of the Lord were 10 times better than the other people. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that was really challenging to me, uh, and the pastor, my pastor pointed this out, he was saying how, um, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had their names changed, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they said, that's fine, you can change my name, um, but I cannot consume what your people consume, you know what I'm saying? So the challenge was, uh, how, many of us, how many of us care more about what people call us than they care about what they consume, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because what people call you doesn't really change you, but what you consume changes you. You know what I'm saying? The things that we meditate on, the things that we allow to come into our spirit, into our house, into our, our stomachs, into our heart, uh, that changes you, you know, um, because everything that goes in you comes out of you, you know. Uh, so I would I would just, you know, challenge everyone to kind of watch what they're consuming. Uh, I love binging, you know, but I really have no time for that anymore. Uh so yeah, that's kind of what I'm being challenged by right now. Uh, I'd say, and uh, you know, if you want to support, uh, just just kind of like peer into what I'm doing. Just go to the YouTube channel, Belief in Fatherhood, B E L E A F. That's how you spell belief. Um, belief in Fatherhood. It's it's I, I believe it's very valuable to anybody, and I think it's the new wave of kind of YouTube vloggers and stuff like that. Just being really honest, and um, I don't know the outcome of this. I don't know what type of relationship this is going to mean for my kids and I that. Um, our business is kind of all over the place, you know what I'm saying? But I believe that it's doing a great work for people who don't know, you know what I'm saying? So this is really me being uncomfortable and allowing people into my house so that they can feel free and be uncomfortable and have something to believe in. But uh, I really believe in what I'm doing. I think I could change the world. And that's and I feel like, uh, you know, God has given me so much insight and so much uh, proof already. And so I'm just really honored. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then just to wrap us up, would you mind closing us out in prayer? Sure. That'd be great. Uh, Father God, Lord, I, I pray uh, over uh, the people listening to this right now, Lord. I um, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to um, be a part of your story. And uh, I ask, Lord, that uh, the words that I'm, I'm speaking, all this whole story is true. It's all or ordered by you. Uh, and I pray, Lord, that it blesses someone out there, Lord, that they may hear a word and be encouraged, that they may hear a word and be uh, affected or, or activated, Lord, um, and that we don't have to be what we were, Lord, that we don't have to live in this this past of, of guilt and shame and, and feeling like, uh, you know, we, we are uh, distractions or we are not loved or we're out of place, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for the people who are weary and depressed and, and kind of feel like they can't really get 
through this this season uh, that you show them a glimpse of the light of the other side of, of what they're going through and knowing that the season is going to help strengthen them uh, for what's to come. Uh, Lord, that you are giving us so much uh, power and giving us so much uh, fruit in this in this time and that um, uh, you are allowing us to, to be a part of an amazing story that all the saints uh, can rejoice in. Um, so I thank you for every trial that you've given me uh, and that you will give me. Um, and I know that I will be affected for, for the good, Lord, um, and that it will make someone else stronger, Lord, and I, I bank on that. Uh, and we trust you, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.